Let's enjoy today's message by Sam Adiemi. So this is Becoming Extraordinary Through Prayer number two. Becoming Extraordinary Through Prayer number two. October 1998, um, I woke up from a dream. It was a Saturday morning. It had been a while since I had been praying about the growth of this church because it looked like things were moving really, really slowly. And then I woke up from this dream. And in that dream, I saw we had moved into a new facility. And I saw a crowd rush in. Actually, my pastor came, you know, prayed, and a crowd rushed in. And, and it was like there were different classes, you know, going on in different places. And the lady was holding, up, holding a microphone and teaching people there. And someone was holding a microphone and teaching people there. And then pastors from around the city, our friends came and congratulated Pastor Nike and myself. And everything looked so beautiful. And you can imagine, you can imagine at that time, our whole church was housed in a mansion, and a mansion, you know, that had been abandoned, you know, and so on, you know. And, and, and I woke up from this dream and it was like, wow. <laughs> I said, Lord, thank you. Something has moved in the realm of the spirit. Thank you, Lord. I said, Lord, this must be a vision. This must be a vision. I said, in fact, Lord, if it is not a vision, you must turn it into one because what I saw must come to pass. <laughs> but I knew it was a message from God because I rarely dream, rarely. <laughs> I rarely, because I, do, I don't sleep for long. So God knows that I need to rest and get to sleep. But when I, and then sometimes when I dream, I, I wake up and I don't even remember the dream. I never bother about those dreams, honestly. Never. It's stress. But I wake up, I remember, it's vivid, it's clear, it's likely there's a message. The next thing I said was, Lord, how do we turn this into reality? This is a spiritual reality. How do we turn it into physical reality? He said, lead the church in a 21 days prayer and fasting program. So November 1998, we did it, 21 days. That was the first and only time we ran a 24-hour prayer chain until the Holy Spirit gave us instruction to do it again now. Can you imagine 1998, <laughs> 24 years ago? Okay, the instruction came clear or a little over 23 years ago. So we did it. It was amazing. It was amazing. Remember, a church in a mansion, okay, the owner was late, okay, so... And the whole church is squeezing to the living room. And then we, we, and then we made this extension outside to cover where should have been the garage, I think, or the courtyard. And, and then moved the main service in there. And then the living room was overflow. And then we were seeing beautiful things. We saw a new day start altogether. Because as we prayed, you know, Monday to Friday, we met every day, 6 p.m., to share the communion. And then <laughs> took a break. And then I think it was 10 p.m. or 11, then we started prayer until 4 a.m. in the morning or so. So people could catch some sleep before going to work. Monday to Friday, every day, three weeks, 
like that. It was intense. But we would pray, then we would worship, and then we would ask people to say what it was that the Holy Spirit inspired in their heart, whatever it was they were seeing. In fact, a few years back, one of our people, I, I know there are still a number of people in Daystar that were around then, and they, they feel a sense of fulfillment, a sense of knowing, because they're seeing Daystar's reality now the second time. Mm -hmm. There was a brother, one of us, who was writing down the messages that people were saying then. This is what I saw, this is what I saw, this is what I saw. And a few years back, he brought the notebook to me, gave the notebook to me as a gift. It's in my study. The things we saw, they're our realities now. But I'll tell you, while the prayer was going on, three days to the end of the prayers, three days was when we found a new location. <laughs> we had been searching for like two years. Three days to the end of the location. As before, if we found, we did not have the money. This one, when I got the revelation in October, the Holy Spirit already told me to raise the money. In fact, I told our family to sell our car and give, put the money in the project and ask church members to gather. So when we caught this new venue within five days, we paid. The week after the prayers ended, we paid. That's how we got, we rented uh, 71 Kudurata Biola Way in Oregon, Lagos. And while the prayers were going on, a friend gave me a book. Pastor Lumide Imano gave me a book, The Purpose Driven Church. I kept it somewhere. Right after the prayers ended, I took the book. And it was an experience because the Holy Spirit gave me an understanding into the book. I got a biblical system for building any organization and especially for building a church. <laughs> so I just read a few pages. I said, I'm not reading this alone. So I invited all of our pastors, you know, to an all night meeting. And that's how we started, till we ran through the whole book, either all night or all day. And we were writing down. At the end, we got a document called Blueprint for the Development of Daystar Christian Center. The moment we moved into the new location, new venue, we started execution. And then what happened? Boom. Boom. When the growth started, we moved from running one service to running four services in 10 months. Okay? In two years, our church increased times 10 in size. It's amazing. And I'm just trying to say to you, <laughs> since then, we have not had that kind of an instruction again until now. I can tell you confidently, a new day star is being born right now. And you better know day star is not a building. Day star is people. Absolutely. Powerful transformation. Total radical transformation. Let me even say revolution is what is happening in people's lives right now. The next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years are taking shape in people's lives. If you believe that, say a powerful amen. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So we call it Operation Push. It's 24 hours. Some people are in the prayer room praying right now. Okay? Bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash DCC Operation Push. That's the link. And you can join now or join at any hour and let's do it. But we encourage, pick one hour 
the same hour that you join every day until we are through. The last day will be Wednesday, the 30th of March. And that day, we will shut it down with a service. Amen. <laughs> we'll give you some more instructions next week, but we'll share the communion together. Woo! And pray together that day. Promises to be powerful. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some church members believe that I fast all the time. Right? I mean, all through the years, I've had people say, God bless you, Pastor Sam. Please take it easy, okay? Take it easy. I say, what? They say, take it easy with the fasting. Okay, take it easy with the fasting. They believe that I fast all the time. They believe, I, I, they believe that I rarely eat. And you know, it makes them feel good because since I am on the, quote-unquote, mountain all the time, it means I am getting the anointing to give church members. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of religious people like to believe that their pastors are superhuman. Superhuman. It's, it's part of the reason why some people get very disappointed. Some even almost lose their faith the day they found out their pastor made a mistake because they love to put the pastor on a pedestal like that. You know, second, second in charge, next to God. Hallelujah. That then makes it difficult for them to want to imagine that the pastor eats. Not even imagine that the pastor goes to the toilet or the bathroom. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, I eat. <laughs> Since it helps their faith, I just say praise the Lord. <laughs> if that will help their faith in the power of God. But I eat. When I'm led to fast, I fast. But I, I, I'm just trying to say, oh, by the way, my left ventricle. You know my left ventricle? Sure. <laughs> Pastor Nika says that the first time she set her eyes on me, you know, and, and it was when I was a young pastor, you know, a young branch, branch pastor. And she came and attended the service there. She said in, in her mind, she just thought, wow, how can someone be so slim? How can someone be this slim? <laughs> or should we use the word thin? It is genetic. <laughs> it is genetic. Okay. What am I trying to say? Elijah, look at the passage that we read, right? <laughs> you know, James 5, 17 to 19, Amplified Bible. Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have. He had feelings, he had affections, he had a constitution. In other words, his body was like our own. He had kidney, pancreas, eh? <laughs> he had appetite, okay? But he did not stop there. He did not stop with his humanity, it says, and he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and, uh, and it did not rain. No rain fell on the earth for three years and six months, so that's it. The good news, the critical factor is that Elijah went beyond the ordinary, went beyond being human through prayer. Prayer, dialogue with God, intimacy with God, connection with God. 
with God. So the first thing is that prayer put him in alignment with eternity. That's the first thing prayer does for you, puts you in alignment with eternity. We live in time. Time is only a slice out of eternity, only a slice. The life you should live here was designed in eternity past. How you live your life here will determine how you live in eternity future, okay? So what you want to do then is to find out what was planned. Put your life in alignment with it so that eternity future can be what God wants it to be. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So it's easy to assume that Elijah just woke up one day and decided rain will not fall here. They, they need to know who I am. They need to know that I am the servant of God. That's not what happened. Read your Bible very well. God, it was God that made the decision. Making the rain to cease was a means of seizing the national economy because the economy depended, the economy depended on agriculture. Okay? So it was God. Everybody had gone after idol worship. They had forgotten about God, and God wanted to get the attention of the nation. So by praying, Elijah knew the mind of God. And he said what God intended to do. It happened. Okay? It happened because he was saying what God was saying, right? And then he disappeared. When it was time for God to bring the rain back, Elijah showed up. So when you see, and he prayed again that it should rain, it was because that was what God wanted to do. So this is the first thing. Our time here is limited. Our time here, every moment needs to count. Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your life was planned. Your life was planned. You're here on assignment. Prayer puts you in alignment with God's plans and purposes. Jeremiah 33 verse 3, he says, Call unto me, I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of any man the things that God has proposed for those who love him. And verse 10 says, These things he has revealed unto us by his Spirit, because the Spirit searches all things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And then Elijah did something. When he went on Mount Carmel, the Bible says that he bowed his head, put his head in between his knees and prayed. Oh, that's amazing. We call that focus. Focus. And the engagement of the imagination. The Holy Spirit needs it to make things happen on this planet. No looking around. No looking around. Have you observed that you won't find anywhere in the Bible that says that you, you must close your eyes when you pray? So feel free to open your eyes if you need to open your eyes. It's just religion. But why did people bring in the closing of the eyes? It, it was for this purpose. You can't be throwing other things into your imagination, especially physical reality, when you're trying to superimpose spiritual reality or at least even find out the mind of God. And when you do, to superimpose it on physical reality. Elijah bowed his head and with the power of concentration focused on one thing, rain had to come out. Remember, it had not rained for three and a half years. 
And in his mind, he had to see the clouds form and see the rain fall. We've got to do that during prayer. Move from impossibility to possibility. Move from lack to provision. Move from sickness to health. In the imagination. I read many years ago, uh, Pastor, Pastor David Joe. He's late now. God bless him. I quote him a lot. You know, in South Korea, they, they, their church has this place they call Prayer Mountain where they build small rooms. They call them prayer grottos where they go to pray. And he said one of their members, a lady had cancer, and he told her, go to Prayer Mountain. Pray and write by his stripes, I am healed 10,000 times. And the woman went there and she was doing it. She was writing and writing and writing. Before she was done at 10,000, the cancer had disappeared. What was he teaching her? He was teaching her the power of focus. You know, you know how we do with our lenses when we allow the rays of the sun to go through. And we know we tilt it at an angle. It can set a piece of paper or a leaf on fire. Concentration. You need that concentration when you're praying, right? Exactly. So as we go through Operation Push, pick that one thing. Pick that one thing that must change, that must shift. The first thing is you want to know what God has provided, what God is saying about it. With that, you have faith. Secondly, you then push it into the physical manifestation. We need concentration. The other thing I'll mention, and we go, is this. One of the major reasons why Elijah got results with his prayer was persistence. Persistence. Why? Because when Elijah was praying in 1 Kings 18, if you read verses 41 to 47, the Bible says, On that mountain, as he put his head, bowed down between his knees, he prayed for some time and then lifted his head, told his servant, okay, go out. He was inside a cave. He said, go outside, go and check if there's any cloud. The guy went, came back, said, there's nothing. Prayed again the second time. Six times he did that, nothing. And then the seventh time, the guy came back and said, Sir, I saw a cloud. Even though it's the size of a man's hand, Elijah said that you don't know what it took to push that thing out from the spiritual into the physical. Once it shows a little bit in the physical, it, it speed from there. That's all. <laughs> it's speed. Manifestation is, he said, run and tell Ahab that he should run to the gate of Jezreel. Rain is coming. I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ before we're done with the 30 days of Operation Push, you will see that cloud. You will see a sign. You will get an email. You will get a phone call. You will see a sign. Something will shift. And whatever it is, it will just be the tip of the iceberg. The rest of this year, for someone to be the next five years, 10 years, there will be massive shifts in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. No rain for three and a half years, and yet mighty outpouring <laughs> within a few hours. That's your testimony. Hmm. I said, that's your testimony. There was no family, okay? There was no wife, there was no husband, there were no children, and all of a sudden, there's a family, okay? There was no job, and all of a sudden, somebody owns a factory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Struggling to pay rent. And all of a sudden, landlord, there was a house of your own. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Nobody in politics. And then within a short time, you're there, senator, governor. Oh, yeah, it's part of it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us are coming to the place of inventions, inv inventing solutions, scientific inventions, solutions in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord. So, if we were to estimate how long Elijah prayed, how long do you think he prayed? Of course, we can only guess because the Bible doesn't say. But I remember the day Jesus prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed. When he came back, his disciples were sleeping, Peter, James, and John. What did he say in Matthew 26, verses 40 and 41? Hello, could you not pray with me just one hour? One hour. And it's that one hour that we're asking each of us to pray at Operation Push. One hour. Just imagine that Elijah spent maybe 10 minutes each on each round as he prayed, you know. Then a little bit over one hour and the rain was coming down. One hour. Could you not pray with me one hour? But I want you to notice something as Jesus said there in Matthew 26, 41. He said, pray. Pray so that you will not give in to temptation. The, there's so much uncertainty in our world now. Things are changing now. <laughs> but if you read the Bible, though, read Matthew 24, what Jesus said about the end times, you should not be surprised. He said there'll be earthquakes, there'll be wars, there'll be rumors of wars. Okay? Wars springing up in a short time. Crisis happening in a short time. Okay? So, I remember uh, 2008, you know, I had two dreams within two weeks like that. Again, rare occurrence, and they tallied. And then I was asking God, what do you mean? What are you saying? And, and you know, I saw sometimes when things would be a little rough in our country. And I shared it with the church. I, again, I was led to lead the church in prayer and fasting. We called it a, a supernatural download. That was what we called it, 21 days. And all we were praying for was revelation. Because I was asking the Holy Spirit, what would be the solution if there's a crisis? Is it to run out of the country? Is it to stay he said, no, each person will get a custom-made instruction. He said, there is no future in any location. There is no future in any position. He said, your future is in revelation. Anyone who is listening to me and hearing me and obeying me will be fine. I saw in the book of Jeremiah how the prophet Jeremiah wants the whole nation to return to God or else there will be crisis. They were attacked by another country, overrun. And then a lot of people were packed as captives. But I paid attention to Jeremiah himself. He was packed along with everybody else. They were put on the queue. And then the commander of the army came, was looking through, and picked him out. He said, I know you. Come on. He said, you know what? Where would you like to stay? Okay, I'm handing you over to the governor that we set over here. And he will take care of you, okay? I'm going to give him instructions to take care of you. It's amazing. So the governor told him, do you want to stay in Jerusalem or do you want to go to one of the villages? And, and the Lord was showing me there how <laughs> it's already there. The psalmist said it in Psalm um, 23, verse 4. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Hallelujah. As long as the Lord is your shepherd. You won't see death, only its shadow. It's not the valley of death. It's the valley of the shadow. What is death to other people will be shadow for you. They're because you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. All right? So as we go through, 
with Operation Bush, you will get a revelation. Your eyes are opened. Your ears are opened. The next 10 years are fixed for you. 20 years preempted by God for you. 30 years organized for you. 40 years organized for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever happens on this planet, you'll be making progress. As the darkness increases, please remember Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60 from verse 1. Arise, shine, your light has come and the glory of God is risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people. He said, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen on you. So the darker it gets in the world, the brighter you will shine in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't forget Romans 8.26. We don't know what we should pray for, but the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Bow your head and pray for just one minute. Holy Spirit, help me during this season of prayer. Help me not to sleep spiritually. <clears throat> Peter, James, and John were sleeping. Jesus said, couldn't you pray one hour? Pray so that you will not enter into temptation. temptation. Heavenly Father, give me the power to pray through the Holy Spirit. Give me the power to pray so destiny can happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, as a church, we receive open heavens. Pour out your spirit on us, Heavenly Father, <laughs> and help us to so pray this time that your kingdom will come and your will will be done in the mighty name of Jesus. I prophesy on everyone that is a part of this service and every member of Daystar Christian Center, the days of being ordinary are over forever. I prophesy fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit, wisdom like never before, Ideas like never before. Creative solutions like never before. Raw spiritual power like never before. Power over witchcraft and sorcery in the name of Jesus. Grace to fulfill destiny. Favor like never before. Promotion like never before. Perfect healing and health. Peace of mind and joy. Fulfillment of marital destinies. Lord, I receive miracles. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. The starting point, of course, is a relationship with God. How do you communicate with God when there's no relationship? And sin is the biggest problem between us and God. So I want to pray for that honest person who says, my relationship with God is not okay. I'm a sinner. Well, Jesus Christ died on the cross because of this problem. He has solved it. All God wants us to do is to pray and ask for forgiveness. Can you put your hand on your heart if you're that honest person that wants us to pray together? Say this prayer after me. Dear God. I believe that Jesus paid for my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to accept me as your child. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we're grateful because we know there's celebration in heaven right now. There's celebration right now. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you for forgiving every sin and for removing the nature of sin from them and putting your own nature in them. And we ask, Father, teach them to know you and love you the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name.